What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hunker down in your seats because you're about to listen to another episode of another wrestling podcast. Daddy. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They think they got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that sucker? <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. I'm Steve Credo. And I'm Jonathan the Brain Benjamin. <laughs> and welcome to episode 82. Uh, who will survive, Jonathan? It's going to have a little bit of a Survivor Series special. Um, big, big show this weekend. It's the Survivor Series, Jonathan. It's, it's one of the biggest shows of the year. Are you ready? I'm, I was born ready. You know, uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend, uh, Survivor Series. A lot to talk about today, Jonathan, but if you're tuning in, everybody, uh, we have another special guest joining us today on the show. Who is uh, Jonathan? Will you do the honors? Yeah, absolutely. This guy was a, a mainstay in WWE. He is currently on Impact Wrestling. He is the one, the only, Mr. Elijah Burke will be joining us in the studio today. The Pope. The Pope. That's right, guys. Uh, well, stay tuned for that. We got a lot to talk about. Everybody checking out the show, head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. You'll find our social media links, our iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Player FM, uh, everything you could possibly want to know about Another Wrestling Podcast is all in one place at anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. So check that out. Yeah, and you know what, Steve? You mentioned it. It's Survivor Series. It's getting. It's that time of the year. You know, it's starting to get a little bit colder outside. Uh, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and to me, that is time for the Survivor Series. It was always an amazing pay-per-view as a child. Um, as I've gotten a little bit older, I think that the trains ran off the tracks. They're kind of changed things up. Um, but rumor has it that there will be a traditional five-on-five. Survivor Series matchup at this year's pay-per-view, so I'm excited for the possibilities about that, but uh, I think that, you know, I would be doing the fans of this show a disservice if we didn't get into a little bit of Survivor Series history. What do you think, Steve? That's right, Jonathan. Uh, before we can get to the present, we have to talk about the past, so Jonathan, uh, a little bit of Survivor Series history, like you said, so uh, give me some history. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, it is the 29th annual Survivor Series this this year. Um, it started all the way back November 26th, 1987, in the most illustrious wrestling city in the world, Richfield, Ohio, Steve. I don't know if you were aware. Uh, not only did they go there once, but three times, uh, 87, 88, and 
nineteen and ninety two. Um, Sounds and like was, somebody's from uh, from the area. Uh, well, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, and it was as we talked about originally billed as a Thanksgiving tradition, but they kind of got away from it. It stayed in you know November, but it wasn't on Thanksgiving. So um, it was it was a great. Thanksgiving tradition, like we like we mentioned, Steve. Do you have any uh, history that you want to talk about? Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, some of the biggest things that have happened throughout the years at Survivor Series alone. I mean, we always look forward to WrestleMania. You know, the biggest night of the year. Um, but uh, Survivor Series, uh, at least in most recent time, has become you know the surprise night of the year almost. I mean, just look back at last year. We had Sting debut at Survivor Series, his first time. On uh, WWE TV, uh, we had the Shield debut there a few years ago as well. Uh, you, hey, bring it all the way back! It's the month of the Undertaker, Jonathan. The Undertaker debuted at the Survivor Series. Uh, they also had the Montreal Screwjob, but uh, you know, a lot of things have happened. Things that we just don't wow. want to talk about anymore. You know, it's got to glide right over it like it never happened. You know what I mean? Wow! Wow! <laughs> we got to stand up for Bret Hart and his illustrious career. So uh, you know, eh, the Screwjob happened there, but uh, you know, other things have happened. You know, the first Elimination Chamber happened. At at the Survivor Series, a lot of a lot of things have debuted, Jonathan. I think you know maybe this year the the tradition will continue. Maybe there's going to be another surprise of what I don't know. Uh, I guess we're just going to have to stay tuned and find out. But Jonathan, what are your favorite Survivor Series moments? Has there ever been a moment or just one moment or I don't know that just well, stood out above the rest? I'm I'm torn. Uh, there's two moments really. Um, the Shield, when they debuted in 2012, was a pretty cool moment just because, like we've said, they've kind of got away from some of that stuff. And to see the three of them come out and kind of um, light the wrestling world on fire for a while was really cool. Um, my other moment would be when I made my Survivor Series debut in 2005 at Detroit, Michigan at the Joe Louis Arena. Um, I got to see all kinds of matches, Cena versus Angle. Um, it was an amazing amazing show and it ended with team raw versus team smackdown uh randy orton was the winner and then we saw undertaker come back at that pay-per-view um it was it was a very awesome pay-per-view and one that i won't soon forget so those are those are my two favorite survivor series moments well jonathan i don't have a a a per se a favorite moment but you know the one thing that i always loved were the teams, the team names. I kind of hate how they've gone away from this in recent times to where, oh, we'll just have one traditional Survivor Series match. I mean, you're always looking for a gimmick pay-per-view. You know, what better than Survivor Series? Why can't we just let the night go, maybe have one match where it's for the, the, the championship, and then every other match just be team matches? You know, the days of the Hulkamaniacs, the Warriors, the Rude Brood, the Visionaries. You know, that's what I miss. Those are my favorite moments. The who's who would be on whose team kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, Survivor Series always stood out to me as that, as a, a team uh, a team show, a team pay-per-view, you know what I mean? So I kind of hate how they've strayed away from that, and I don't know, maybe you guys out there miss it too. Let us know, you know, uh, tweet us, Facebook us, uh, tell us what your thoughts are on your favorite moments of the Survivor Series. But Jonathan, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I missed it. I missed those days uh, of uh, yesteryear when they, you know, the, everybody had a team, and that was what that's what made Survivor Series awesome to me. I don't know. Well, either you are reading my mind or you uh, were reading our rundown. But either way, uh, I think it's time for us to kind of come up with our own 
uh, dream five-on-five Survivor Series matchups. Now, there are some rules, obviously, to this. Steve, I want you to pick your two teams, so 10 people that are going to go against each other. You also have to have team names, and you're going to have to tell me who is going to win um, and and if they're like a sole survivor or if the whole team won or whatever. So um, if, if you're not ready, I've been doing my homework and thinking I can go and we can catch back up with you. But if you're ready, uh, I'd love to hear your dream five-on-five Survivor Series matchup. All right. Well, uh, off the top of my head, um, uh, uh, all right, dream team number one. One of my favorites, uh, the team captain, if you will, would be Cactus Jack. This is ECW Cactus Jack, not WWE Cactus Jack. So ECW Cactus Jack. That's important to make that, uh, you know, that difference there, that differential. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I'm going to give the team call. The team's going to be called Team Bang Bang, just because, just because, because Cactus is uh, is the leader of the group. Is Jesse J going to do their theme music when <laughs> they come out? Yeah, that's it. Wow. Uh, but I, uh, on my team. I just picked some of my fan favorites. Uh, of course, Jonathan, uh, you're going to have Bret Hart. I didn't make him the captain, though, uh, because I'm going to need him to be all the excellence of execution that he can be during this match. So I don't want him to, to you know, to, to worry about being the team captain. I need I need that, that classic Bret Hart in there. But I'm also going to want that classic Owen Hart in there. I need the Hart brothers. Uh, I think together... They are stronger than one heart, Jonathan. So having Bret Hart and Owen Hart a part of this team are going to help it a lot. Uh, CM Punk, who's going to make his illustrious return. I keep saying illustrious. That's like the word of the day, I guess, today. Uh, CM Punk makes his return. Uh, He will be on my team. Um, And Cesaro. I'm going to have Cesaro on this team. So Cactus Jack leading the way with the Hart brothers, Bret Hart and Owen Hart, followed by CM Punk and Cesaro. Uh, a lot of great technicians, a lot of great wrestlers, a lot of great you know guys on this team. Everybody can hold their own in some shape or form. So uh, that's team one, team bang bang. Uh, and now my other team would be that who they would face would be team Monster Squad. Uh, Kevin Owens, you got to have you know that brawler in there. Kevin Owens, uh, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar will be there, and he will be. The team captain. I should have said that the first time, but Brock Lesnar will be leading this team uh, with Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, also the homicidal, the suicidal, the genocidal. Sabu will be on the team. Maybe he can counteract Cactus Jack, if you will. Uh, I also have Zeus. You know who I'm talking about? Zeus. No holds barred. Zeus. He's going to be making his comeback on uh, on this team. Uh, and Jonathan, a surprise entrant. It's Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> Big Dick Dudley. I don't know if I even said that right the first time. <laughs> Big Dick Dudley. I couldn't even pronounce it. Big Dick Dudley makes his return uh, to the Monster Squad. Team Monster Squad, led by the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Sabu, Zeus, and Big Dick. Big Dick Dudley. Don't say that five times fast, folks, because you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it. Uh, and do you want to know who would win? Yeah, who's who's winning this uh, Clash of Titans? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. It's gonna come down to between Bret Hart and Brock Lesnar, and Bret Hart's gonna go over and win, and uh, Team Bang Bang wins. Wow, you have a very vivid imagination. <laughs> I will say that. Well, uh, it's the best I could do in a short notice, but uh, no, no, no. That's that's your team, you team, know. Team Bang Bang. Um, 
All right. Uh, I don't know how to follow that. Really. I'm sure you can. Come on. You, you got something up your sleeve tonight. Give it. Let, let's hear it. Come on. Well, I'm going to start with uh, my, my first team. It's, it's called Team Childhood. So this is really what I think about when I think back uh, as a product of the 80s. Uh, team Childhood consists of the immortal Hulk Hogan, the macho man Randy Savage, the ultimate warrior Jake the Snake Roberts, and the nature boy Ric Flair. Um, I know what you're thinking. How can you top that team? And and it's very difficult, and it was hard to figure this out, but uh, I did it, and it's Team Rude, and it's the the captain of this team, Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, we've got Dolph Ziggler, Mr. Perfect, Tyler Breeze, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Now, uh, I would love to say that it was it was easy to pick a winner, and it was. Uh, Team Brood wins. Uh, they did not lose one member, and they defeated everybody, and everyone goes home happy. Team Brood, greatest Survivor, team, Survivor Series team of all time. I just want to uh, go on to the record for stating that for every Bret Hart mm, comment that I make, Jonathan, deep down, is a, a rude brood happening dude with attitude who loves Rick Rude. Uh, Rick Rude is his bread heart, if you will. Uh, there is no uh, comparison, and uh, absolutely, I am a self-proclaimed uh, lover of everything that Ravishing Rick Rude has ever done, so um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm very happy to have uh, Team Rude take it and win this my uh, imaginary Survivor Series. So, <laughs> well, guys, uh, gals, everybody listening, you're hearing some of our teams, some of our fantasy team ups. Uh, tweet us at a wrestling pod, a wrestling pod. Facebook us, Facebook.com/slash another wrestling podcast. Uh, comment on the show. Let us know what your favorite team would be, or your dream team, if you will, would be. Uh, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, you know, like I said, we also have a hotline you can call us at at 802-297-7672. That's 802-AWP-7672. Leave us a call us on the, Call us on the cell phone. Or, or landline, if you have, or Skype, uh, anything Always that works. on the landline. <laughs> a little hotline bling. Uh, anything works, really. I'm hip. Damn it. <laughs> he's, he's staying hip, guys. And while Jonathan's staying hip, uh, we're going to welcome Elijah Burke into the studios right now. All right, today's show is one for the record books. Joining us today is the king of charisma. He is a global icon, and people hang on to his every word. Uh, you may have seen him quite cause quite a buzz in 2015. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please help us welcome the Pope, Elijah Burke. Uh, Mr. Burke, thanks so much for joining us today. How's it going tonight? Uh, man, I got to tell you, if it wasn't going... Uh, any type of way that Pope himself expects it to go, then it's definitely going good now after that uh, grand introduction. I kind of like that, Daddy. The, the, what, what did you use? There? I got to remember that term. Pope may drop that on impact. The the king of charisma. King of charisma. Yeah, like that. Absolutely. Not a, not a captain, but a king. I dig that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's no. There's no denying that uh, 2015 was the year of the Pope. Uh, it's great to see you back in Impact Wrestling. 
your voice is now being heard as you commentate matches each week. Um, do you think that this is the right fit for you right now doing commentary? Uh, absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, we all have our own opinion of what Pope should be doing, but when you talk about a fit, uh, it's a natural uh, spot for Pope to be in when you talk about commentating. That's not something that everybody can do and, and do so entertainingly, and hopefully uh, everyone has been up to this point entertained and will be continue to be entertained uh, by Pope doing so. I know a lot uh, email me, hit me up, make comments on social media, how they want to see me back in the ring. But, you know, everything has a time and a place. And right now, uh, the time uh, and the place is for Pope to be doing exactly what he's doing. I'm, I'm digging it. Now, uh, yeah. obviously, there's been a lot of commentators in the world of professional wrestling. Um, did you have any inspirations going into this uh, commentating gig? Like, you know, Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan, all right. Uh, yeah, straight off the bat. Bobby Heenan, uh, Jesse Ventura, and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. It's it's very uh, cool and very uh, awesome when someone can come from the ring and then translate uh, to the audience, the viewing audience, a different perspective uh, from someone, if you will, who have been in the ring and now sitting beside, uh, you know, an analyst like a Josh Matthews, just to give that different insight. Now, a lot of people probably don't realize how much power commentators have in the sense that you can almost make or break a superstar in the sense that <laughs> You know, if you if you're having a day where you don't really enjoy what yeah. this person's doing, um, you know, do you do you think that that's um, that people well, I, realize that, or do you think it's something different? I, you know what, I I I see your point, but I'm going to raise you uh, one because you have to understand that while I do think people see that, I think people also know that their voice has just as much power nowadays than that of the commentators themselves. Um, because the commentators can be singing praises of an individual, but because of the the uh, wrestling uh, viewing audience now has such a large voice uh, via social media and uh, what is it called, the um, uh, Internet wrestling world. Uh, so they... They have that voice now, uh, but to your point, uh, a commentator and, and an analyst and journalist, whoever it is sitting beside them, behind the microphone, they absolutely have the ability to lend credit or discredit the individual that's in the ring. Uh, but again, man, uh, the viewing audience now, the, the Internet community, they have the ability to say, uh, hey, we dig it or we don't. We're overriding what you say or what you feel. I mean, you know, we see it all the time. Uh, somebody's getting pushed down your throat. The audience hates it, regardless of how uh, grand of a, a scheme is put together to get them over. And there are people who are supposed to be the bad guys, and, and the commentators are doing their job to make them that great heel. But the audience say, no, we want to cheer them. But um, you definitely have a valid point, but I think a lot of that has really changed. So nowadays you just try to – what Pope tried to do is just just call it and respond to the action that's going on in the ring as if he is a member, somewhat 
per se of the viewing audience because uh, I'm watching it like I'm I'm at home with my best friend or a nagging friend that is like a Josh Matthews. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, obviously, we said it in the the introduction. You are the king of charisma, um, maybe even the most uh, charismatic wrestler ever. Uh, do you think that char- charisma is something that you can be taught? Uh, in the world of wrestling, or is it something that you have to be born with? Well, obviously, Pope can't be the most charismatic ever. I do appreciate that. There's so many that Pope looked up to and, and came behind. I, I would like to think that uh, I will be re- remembered as one of the uh, most charismatic ever. Uh, but that is something that cannot be taught, man. Um, that's something that you just got to have. You can't teach it. You can't uh, train someone how to be charismatic. They either have it or they don't. Uh, and, and, you know, that all goes along with how comfortable an individual is with themselves. Uh, Pope, oftentimes, you know, I, I say things that are way out there or, or Pope may make a popism. You understand what I'm saying? And just make it my own. I don't, I don't, it don't have to be a word, but if Pope says that word and it comes across in the manner that it does, it's because it's meant to. And you'll kind of get where he's going with that. Oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, so I just kind of, I kind of roll with it, and that's part of being charismatic. You just kind of go with the flow and, and let you be you. So whatever happens, happens, and you convey it to whatever the situation is at the time. Now, you, you mentioned that a lot of people are trying to tell you what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing. Um, you are, you're close to the ring now on a weekly basis. Um, I'm sure you have the itch to get back into the ring at some point. Uh, with that being said, you you know a lot of people probably know it. Maybe some don't. You used to be a boxer. You were you're a, you're born to be a prize fighter. So would it would it have to be uh, you being put in the championship picture to get you back into the into the ring? I you know I've I've said it over and over time and time again. I mean um, something drastic would have to happen that uh, would really pop that pops Pope, if you will. And mm-hmm. by pop, Pope means piss off Pope uh, to get <laughs> to get me back in there. Uh, but outside of that, um, you know, it, w- it would have to be championship. It has to be some, some, some gold uh, because it, I, it makes no sense uh, at this given time, being in the position that I am to step back in uh, unless it's meaningful. Uh, and, and, you know, just don't want to get back in there just for the sake of getting back in there. I mean, Pope is still wrestling uh, to this day. But to get back um, inside the six-sided ring on a regular basis for whatever reason, it has to, uh, you know, just be validated. And and just to hop in there for the sake of hopping in there and having a match is, is not, you know, Pope, Pope would just rather sit behind the desk and, um, play his part, and, and that part is to, to get over the talent. I have no problem getting over the talent and adding to the program in the manner which I have. Well, let's let's say that, um, I mean, it's, it's well known that you've taken on some of the greatest legends in the world of, of wrestling. Um, who is out there today, maybe, that you haven't got the chance to, to fight that may be a, a, somewhat of a dream opponent for you? Right now, Impact Wrestling, um, uh, there was a guy that came in kind of riding on the heels of what Pope was doing, uh, who Pope is, and uh, is a bit of a of a nuisance, of a pest, if you will. Uh, uh, you know, 
because of his bloodline, and that will only be EC3. Yep. And um, so, you know, him and, and, and his man Dinosaur, you know, they've, they've, I've been very vocal about uh, how much disdain I have for the way those two have run amok over, uh, you know, Impact Wrestling, how they just total disregards to the rules, to the World Title Series and everything that has taken place. So if, if, any, if anyone, it will, you know, be them. Um, there, 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 there's a bug, that a fly that flies around me that bugs me often, and that's, that's Robbie E. But I'll take care of him on the outside of the ring. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've, uh, it, that's a very interesting exchange, and uh, it's very entertaining, I, I have to say. The, the social media back and forth is, is pretty amazing. So. <laughs> well, you know, some folk, uh, they, they need a little something extra to feel uh validated in life to to feel like they're worthwhile and you know if he can have a little exchange with pope here and over social media i just try to make us a kid night that's all i just try to make the kids day yeah absolutely <laughs> now uh we got to backtrack a little bit uh i'm you know doing research for the show we you know come across a lot of information and i have to say the story of elijah burke is a, is it's an inspiring one um you you were at one point an officer of the law. Um, how for anybody who doesn't know, how did that happen? Well, straight out of high school, straight into the police academy, straight into corrections, and then became dual certified. Uh, so uh, <laughs> inspiring to me, to say the least, myself because I had no idea what, where. Uh, how all this would happen, but it did, and that was, you know, through uh, perseverance, through hard work, through staying determined, regardless of what anyone told me, uh, how anyone labeled me, how anyone looked at me. Uh, many thought that, you know, I wasn't the the best kid, but God knows I wasn't the worst either. Uh, and and by that I just mean Pope was very uh, devious at times. Got in trouble just. But just for laughing, I, I love to have fun, and I, I think that comes across uh, on television. That comes across with everything that I've done uh, on the worldwide stage throughout the past twelve so years. So I just love to have fun, love to laugh, uh, love to have a good time, and that often, you know, got me in trouble. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I stayed the course. Graduated from school, I enrolled in the police academy, uh, went straight into corrections, uh, uh, went back to college, uh, got dual certified to go to the streets, had to finish my uh, degree to get my own car and and become uh, uh, sworn in and all that other stuff, uh, just another step. But uh, that's when WWE opportunity happened. And um, I saw it, I took it, I went after it. And, and I think as an individual in life, we all should always set goals. We can't just set one goal and be done. You know, I, I, you set goals, you, you, you achieve those goals, but then you have dreams. And, and, and I'm happy to say that I've conquered my dream, but in conquering my dream, that being making it to the big stage, being, being on WrestleMania, headlining pay-per-views, you know, you still set more goals. You just never stop. And now I'm having a chance to follow in the footsteps of some of the greatest. Again, I've already named them greatest commentators. Left off one and Mr. Perfect, you know, in the color commentators uh, feel, you know, Bobby Heenan, uh, 
Jesse Ventura, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, uh, and, and the list goes on. But those are the guys right now that I'm trying to uh, follow in their footsteps and set a whole nother standard because we don't have those entertaining color commentators anymore. We don't have those uh, color commentators in the last couple of years that that go out on a limb and, and, and say how what they feel, how they feel about somebody, and just kind of not going along with, with what's in front of you just for the sake. I, me and Josh don't often agree, Dad, and I don't try to hide that. Josh Matthews has his views, and Pope has his views. And if I don't agree with it, then I don't agree. And I think that's great because I'm not going to lie to the viewing audience. If the audience is seeing one thing, then I'm seeing it too. So I'm not going to try to ignore what the audience is witnessing. I'm going to acknowledge it as well. Yeah, and it seems like there's been this kind of – some some commentators try to, I don't know, I guess water it down – um, yeah. To the viewer, and that's it's a refreshing look on this because you absolutely do not do that. So um, it's it's a, it's great. Now you were you obviously um, you know you you did the the police officer thing. You did the boxing for for I'm gonna touch on that for a second. Yeah. You did mention that and um, did the boxing too, and I started that while I was with the police department so uh there was some tough man going on i was getting ready for uh our annual event uh called guns and hoses where that's where the firemen uh fight the police officers in a uh charity event and we'll talk about charity later uh but the firemen and policemen it's called guns and hoses and um a huge huge event all around the world and um obviously in local territories and whatnot and that was something that drew my interest and it drew my interest not because I wanted to be a boxer but because I wanted to entertain and so during that time um, I did just that I went and I enrolled in tough man competitions and um, to prepare myself for the actual boxing event and so I got hooked and again I didn't get hooked uh, to box I got hooked because I was entertained I've always Love to entertain. I've always found a way to entertain. As I told you, just to have fun. I always got in trouble because of it. And um, this one was uh, not so much different, but different because it was a rewarding trouble. You know, you get in there and people start beating up on you, but it was rewarding to hear the cheers, to hear the jeers, uh, to go out there in in my own type of uh, element, if you will. Uh, Everybody goes out there in a tank top, and everybody goes out there in a shirt representing their organization, cops and firemen and whatnot. And here comes Elijah Burke going down there in custom-made robes. And I'm not talking about no bath robes. (laughs) I'm talking about custom-made robes that turned heads from the moment I walked out there, and I became the show. They had to have me on those shows every time they had it. Even if I wasn't ready, they wanted me on those shows because people were paying to see me already. Now I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, boxing, uh, it sounds like some some fighting in there as well. Um, what were your thoughts on the Ronda Rousey Holly Haim match from this past week? Oh man, well my thoughts are really simple. Okay, uh, everybody knows that Pope has does have one loss on his record, uh, and that's the only only loss. But um, so shall it be with anyone who breathes upon this earth. I don't care. Uh, someone mentioned to me about uh, Floyd Mayweather, but trust me, Floyd, Floyd has faced defeat as well. 
okay, he, his, his, his pro, he's undefeated, but trust me, in this lifetime, every great champion will come up against a greater foe. Every great champion will one day fall to a greater foe. And that's how I look at it around the Rousey, because it's not about the fall, but it's what happens next that will define Ronda Rousey's legacy. But back to the fight itself, my friend, it was definitely, uh, it was a shocker. And going into the second round, you already knew uh, that there was, there was desperation. There was a sense of urgency on um, Rousey's face. I mean, in her posture, you could see it. She was trying. I think she she approached it wrong because this girl wasn't a pushover. Uh, Holmes was not a pushover. She was not the typical that Rousey has always went up against. And Holmes was not in the least bit afraid of Rousey. She had Rousey's number, and she knew it, even in the first round. And when you talk about the hands, Daddy, Ronda was completely off her game. Look at how many times. I think she was more so worried about the kicks mm-hmm. of Holmes that she wasn't even protecting her face the way she should have. Yeah. Every time Holmes threw, she connected almost. I mean, how many times? And, and, and that just goes to the, to the point of the fact, and trust me, I've been there, that when that first punch connects, you know, there were times that I would go into the corner in a tough man competition, and I would let these guys hammer away on me. I would cover up, just protect my face, and I would let them overexert themselves, just punch it in the corner until the referee pulled them off of me. And when that happened, it's like, okay, you know, I got hype, your adrenaline's going, and I'm about to take you out now. <laughs> and and it's, usually, it's usually a combination or, or, or just a big one, one well-timed right hand, and the fight was over with because these guys are breathing heavy. They've overexerted themselves. Uh, but... There were also times, uh, specifically in that fight that I, I, I mentioned, you know, when you get tagged and you're not expecting it and you get tagged a certain way, it kind of throws you off your game plan. It, sometimes it sends you into uh, f- uh, that fight-or-die mode. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and when that happens, when you just say, the hell with it, I'm going to do this or I'm about to do that, you forget your game plan. And once you step out of your game plan, I can tell you, man, it's dangerous. And it, was, it proved to be very dangerous for Ronda Rousey. After getting hit in the face the way she did once or twice, it was all over. It was over because she hadn't been tagged like that prior. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we, we got into your, your boxing but um, and we talked about some of your inspirations as far as commentating goes. What about inspirations as far as uh, boxers go? Who are some of your uh, favorite boxers of all time? Uh, Sugar Ray, Daddy. Sugar, Sugar Ray, obviously Muhammad Ali, but Sugar Ray uh, uh, for for Pope was uh, the man. Uh, Muhammad Muhammad Ali is who he was. Obviously, he's. Uh, considered to be the greatest and um it definitely was when it comes to the charismatic part you know i would watch some of muhammad ali stuff and just be in awe of how um how charismatic he was and, and how he was able to 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 control 
are the viewers just by his antics and his actions alone and, and how he would master uh, the art of an interview. You know, and a lot of things that Muhammad Ali said, a lot of things that the American Dream Dusty Rhodes said, a lot of things that superstar Billy Graham said, Hogan, and let's not even mention the warrior. I mean, well, let's mention the warrior, but when you talk about the things that they said, half of the things they said did not even make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's... It- Every last one of them who I just mentioned. Yep. They have all said things. I mean, Daddy, when Dusty Rowe can control the audience and say, don't crack whip with me, and I'm going, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what he said. It's how he said it that made it so, so I don't know what he said, but it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he meant by that, but it was awesome because it's not necessarily what you say. It's how you say it. So every now and then, when when old E.B. is in Pope mode, sometimes I'll, I'll say things that are just off the cuff, off the wall, but when I do it in the Pope manner, hopefully it translates the same way that, I don't know what he just said, but it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's, like you said, you mentioned some of the greats, and they are definitely uh, sometimes nonsensical, but, you know, the way they say it, the passion that right. you get behind I mean, it. how many times the Warriors talk about spaceships and stars <laughs> and we didn't know what it mean back then and still don't know what it meant today, but we know that we were stuck to that dog on television. You know, when Hogan says, well, you know, brother, I've been to China, Africa, Japan, all points in between. Well, you know, and he, he goes into all that other stuff and about the power in our palm of the hand and, you know, it's just it's just the delivery and the passion and and, and the story that they're trying to tell. Uh, you know, it just it just sucks you in, man. We got a lot more from Elijah Burks coming up, so stay tuned, guys. Uh, Jonathan, we're talking Survivor Series, so uh, I guess let's fast forward to the now uh, and let's talk about what's happening this weekend, Jonathan. Uh, Survivor Series number twenty nine, if you will. So, number 29, um, this this feels a little rushed to me, and I don't know why because they have a lot of time to yeah. put these shows together. But, um, you know, like I mentioned, we're just getting word that there's a possibility of a four-on – or a five-on-five traditional Survivor Series match. So um, let's, let's get right into this. Um, I didn't know what happened there. That's no, okay. You just typed Rollins, so um, – yeah, just uh, started off with the how Rollins kind of, you know, changed the the shape okay. and form of it. Yeah. Um, in true, you know, world of wrestling fashion, you never know what to plan for. We lost um, Seth Rollins, the WWE champion. He went out with an injury on the overseas tour, and a la 1998 Survivor Series, we're going to have a tournament for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Now, uh, that championship was won by The Rock. Uh, It was a 14-men, one-night tournament. And if you recall, Shane and Vince McMahon helped him win the WWE Championship. But um, we're not going to have that. We've been having some matches on Raw and SmackDown the past couple weeks. And really what we've got so far is a pretty awesome tournament. And it's down to the semifinals. So on Survivor Series, we're going to see Roman versus Alberto Del Rio. And we're also going to see Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose. So, um, Steve, if you had to you know, 
tell me what what's going to happen here. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, deep down inside, Jonathan, it, 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 my the biggest mark in me is saying it's too predictable. It's it's too Roman obvious Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Granted, I, I, I'm it's hard to look at it from an outsider's point of view because I mean, before this happened with Rollins, it was going to be Rollins versus uh, Roman Reigns for the championship. Um, and you know, as some people said, that the you know changing of the guard was going to possibly take place with Roman Reigns winning. Um, and now we had this big tournament, and now it's kind of you know Roman Reigns is in the final four. And I don't know, man. Something is telling me that it's too predictable for Roman to win. Um, I honestly think the surprise of the night, as we stated earlier, that you know all the different surprises is, is that I think uh, you know Roman will not win. And okay. I, and I think it's going to be on the the from the help of somebody else. I think you know uh, another long shot is that maybe Ambrose turns heel, gets help from Triple H, uh, wins the title from Roman. Um, that's just, you know, that's just me thinking about the possibilities. Cause I just, I just think it's too obvious that it would be Roman. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe just it, it is going to be a Roman, but I don't know. Something deep down inside me thinks that something is just going to happen to, to change that predictability. Um, I, I think what would be cool on my end of the spectrum is if you have Roman win versus Del Rio and I mean, I, I like Alberto Del Rio, but I think that Roman's got to be in the, the final match. So that happens, but then I say that somehow Owens and Ambrose ends in like a draw, and they both move on. So you have a triple threat match for the final of uh, Survivor Series, Roman versus Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose, and then somehow um, Dean Ambrose walks away the winner. I don't know why. I think this is the first time that we've ever agreed on anything, but I do feel like Ambrose is, is going to walk away um, the Survivor at Survivor Series, the WWE champion, which I have no problem with. And I'll tell you one thing, if Ambrose walks away as WWE champion, I do not think it's going to be a long-lived championship. I think it's going to be something short, uh, placeholder, if you will. I just don't see the powers that be keeping uh, Ambrose the face of the WWE for very long. So if he does win, I think it's going to be very short-lived. Uh, but we shall see, I guess. Uh, anything could happen, so I guess we're both kind of, you know, swaying the Roman Ambrose angle, and uh, anything can happen, I guess, right? Well, yeah, and you have to forget, or you can't forget, rather, that Sheamus is also the Money in the Bank winner right now, so That's um, right. that That's could right. come into play here at Survivor Series. You know, and the only thing I ever had on my mind about that is that I don't see him winning. So, like, who, if Roman does win and Sheamus goes to cash in, I think, you know, Roman will beat Sheamus just to make him look stronger. I Because I just don't see them giving Sheamus the championship. I could be wrong, but that's just me. Um, I think it's just one of those things where they're going to get rid of it as fast as they can, and maybe it'll be uh, Sunday night. Who knows? All right. Well, um, since we don't know any of the participants in the five-on-five match, uh, we can't really speak to that right now. But... We do have a uh, pretty hotly contested battle going on right now with the Divas in the WWE, and we have none other than Charlotte, the Divas champion, taking on Paige. Now, uh, if you watched Raw on Monday, you know that there were some personal issues that kind of came out, and uh, it's some controversy going on there with, uh, with the Flair family. But um, who do you have winning in this match? Uh, I would really like to see Paige get that championship back. 
I I kind of feel having her uh, win it and maybe even holding it till WrestleMania just to lose it again to Charlotte or at least somebody else. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things to where, I mean, Charlotte came in, she got it. She really hasn't done too much with it. You know what I mean? I granted it's only been a few weeks, few less than a few months. Uh, you know, I don't know. She doesn't. She's not doing it for me. If you, if if I have to clearly state it, um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a page guy. I'm a page guy. I really hope she wins it. Uh, I think she could definitely be that heel diva and uh, a dominant one. Um, but I think I would love to see you know Sasha Banks versus Paige at WrestleMania. Something like that, maybe. Who knows? But honestly, I don't know, Jonathan. I think Paige is going to walk out with the championship. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be an upset. And I think Charlotte is going to be chasing her for that championship. Well, um, I think that Charlotte's going to win. And uh, this rivalry is going to continue. And maybe it will culminate at a larger uh, event. Maybe um, WrestleMania this year, but or next year rather. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm on the Charlotte bandwagon right now. I do love Paige, but uh, Charlotte's really impressive, and I'm pretty happy with their both their standings in the world of WWE today. But um, the other match that we're getting into here is uh, it's it's probably the most talked about match I would say out of all of this. It's the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and the Undertaker versus two of the ever-growing Wyatt family. So what do you think about this match? Man, so many options, so many options. Uh, You know, going into this, we have Taker coming off a a three-match series of Brock Lesnar where Taker was kind of the heel. We call him the low-blow Taker, if anybody remembers that. Uh, Coming into this match now, and it's kind of like... I don't know. It's like the farewell Taker tour, if you will. Uh, You know, his last Hell in a Cell match. His last match against Brock. Uh, now they're teaming up brother and brother again, just like as like one last ride kind of a thing. Uh, man, I don't you know. Coming out of this, everybody you know would say, "Oh well, Taker should win." You know, he's he hasn't won in a while or whatnot, and maybe he, you know give him the win. But I really, I really, really, really feel strongly that the Wyatts need to win. Uh, they need to prove themselves. Uh, whether you know Kane gets pinned. Uh, or or whatever, but I I feel like the Wyatts need to win, and uh, you know you can't be Bray Wyatt, you can't call yourself the Eater of Worlds, you can't call yourself you know, the new face of fear when you haven't won anything major lately. Uh, if you look at his track record, man, he's been you know he's been putting over everybody and not really reaping any of the benefits and I think this match really has to be the beginning of the passing of the torch towards uh, the, the the phenom side like Bray they need this I think they need it for, for their team not just himself and uh, you know if Kane gets pinned it's not as bad on Taker but uh, I don't know I don't the brothers of destructions the destruction don't need to win and the Wyatts really need to come out strong I I'm still not a hundred percent um, that Kane isn't going to somehow screw over The Undertaker to kind of set up his final WrestleMania, um, send him off with you know Undertaker versus Kane, Kane losing and Undertaker riding off into the sunset. But, um, yeah, we definitely could see a new member of the Wyatt family, whether it be the, the, the elusive sister Abigail that we've never seen um, or another member. But it could just be Wyatt's versus the Brothers of Destruction, I would also like to see the Wyatts walk away with a win on this 
just because they need something going into this. I really enjoy the Wyatts. I know there's a lot of people out there that have a mixed feelings on on the Wyatts, but for me, they're very entertaining. Bray Wyatt can talk. Uh, he's one of a handful these days that know how to talk and uh, know how to talk well. And I would like to see nothing but good things continue for Bray Wyatt, but I'm afraid if something doesn't happen soon with Bray Wyatt, he's going to be kind of stuck in, in limbo. All right. Well, yeah, that's the thing, man. I, as much as The Undertaker has lost recently, you know, another loss I don't think is even going to tarnish him. Uh, and that's why I'm saying, you know, if Kane gets pinned, it's it's not really a loss for Taker or something happens to that effect. So I don't know. I think, you know, the, the Wyatt family need to really come out strong on this and they really need to prove themselves or else there's really nothing left for them. They're, they're not that really uh, that much of a dominant force if they're... They're, they're all talk, if you will, but uh, hopefully hopefully they get the upper end of the stick on this one. So, All right. Well, um, it is almost time to talk to Elijah Burke again, but I figured it's time for Survivor Series. Let's do some, some, quiz, some quiz questions here. I want to test your oh, no. Survivor Series uh, knowledge. I like to do this. Um, I, I get you sometimes, <laughs> but um, I'm going to start with an easy one. All right. All right. Uh, at the 1990 Survivor Series, uh, the WWE debuted one of its most amazing superstars to date, the Gobbledygooker. Um, Say that five times fast. Yeah. Who was in the turkey suit? Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna screw you over. It's not a Montreal screw job situation. It, I'm gonna give you four choices: um, Barry Darso, Bruce Pritchard, Hector Guerrero. Or Tom Brandy. Well, Jonathan, I for one know this question because I I've, I have done my uh, research on it, and I do know for a fact that it is Hector Guerrero. Absolutely. You move on to the next round. Ding ding um, ding. Yes, ding ding ding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you. I'm not impressed with your dinging. Oh, sorry. Uh, which <laughs> which of the following WWE superstars? Did not debut at a Survivor Series. Okay. All right. A. The Rock. B. The Funkettes. Are you aware <laughs> of the Funkettes? Do you remember them? Funk is on a roll. No, not the Funkadactyls. The Funkettes. Oh, the Funkettes. Yeah, yes. Too Cold. Well, the... Too Cold Scorpio <laughs> Flash Funk. <laughs> yes. Uh, C. The Undertaker. Or D. Mark. Henry. So which one did not debut? Which one did not debut? The Rock, the Funkettes, The Undertaker, or Mark Henry? Uh, I'm just going to go on a win- limb with this since we kind of stuck on it too much. The, the, funk- the, the Funkettes. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. The correct answer is D, Mark Henry. Uh, he did not debut at Survivor Series. Um, I'm one gonna, for one. Yeah, you're one for one. Um, I'm going to ask you real quick uh this will be the the tiebreaker either you you go off and win or you you lose okay Um, (laughs) so at the 1994 survivor series chuck mother effing norris was a special guest enforcer in the undertaker versus yokozuna casket match during that match chuck norris a super kicked double j jeff jarrett B was stuffed in the casket by Yokozuna. 
or D was awesome. <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a memory lapse, but uh, did he in fact and uh, was was he in fact introduced as the Chuck and Mother F and Norris? He was not, okay. but that's something that I, I added uh, for effect. I, I, so I'm gonna have to say uh, awesome. He was just awesome. Well, uh, that was a trick question. He was indeed awesome, but he also super kicked Double J, Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, you know, I'll give you half credit, and you can still hold your head high that you uh, you did pretty well on the, the quiz. But yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're out there at home and you were listening, uh, let us know how you did on the first annual uh, Survivor <laughs> Series quiz. But uh, without further ado, I am itching to ask this gentleman about Survivor Series. Mr. Elijah Burke, uh, let's, let's get back to him right now. You also made a very impressive transition from, from boxing to professional wrestling. Um, not a lot of people can do that, go from one sport to, a, to another. Was that difficult? Uh, was it a difficult transition for you, or was it pretty easy? Yeah, it was pretty easy because I was wrestling while I was boxing. And by that, I mean wrestling being worldwide acknowledged nowadays as sports entertainment, and I was already entertaining. And that was my main goal. That was my main focus. If I could have walked out there to the ring and not been hit or, or hit someone one time, and just have been entertaining, I would have done it. Um, there were times where I've knocked guys out, and I, I, I immediately fell down in the rain to check. I just, I, you know, my, I just never got off on it. Some people get off on that, but I don't like to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody, uh, per se. I like to help people. And so if I ever was in a position where I knocked somebody out, the first thing I wanted to do was to check on them. And, and you know, once we got backstage, continue to check on them and let them know, you know, that, you know, it's all good and make sure they're all right. Of course, we all all knew what we were getting into, but uh, you know, I just I kind of have a heart. But the transition part was not hard at all. Um, the only hard part about it was the fact that being in a boxing ring and a wrestling ring were two totally different things. Training for boxing and training for uh, the ring of wrestling is two different things, uh, you know, because you got to hit off the ropes, you got to bounce up and down. So all of the jump roping and and cardiovascular training that I was doing uh, in boxing, uh, while it helped somewhat, it was a totally different story when you hit you run across a 16 by 16 or 18 by 18 ring, uh, you know, <laughs> when you run across from rope to rope about eight to ten times. After about that eight times that you've hit those ropes that 16 times, then it's like, <laughs> okay, so it's a start. I mean, it's taking its effect on you. And, uh, you know, we used to do the drills and everything or the, the, the drop-down leapfrog, drop-down leapfrog. You try doing that just three to four times. And, and you know, I mean, it's not easy at all. And I think a lot of the uh, individuals uh, from, from the other sporting worlds that come over into our world of wrestling, they realize that. They find that out very quick that, hey, this, this, is, this is some legit uh, uh, tough, tough guy stuff or tough woman stuff. Yeah. Yeah, now um, you went down to OVW. You spent a lot of time in, in Louisville, and um, that was kind of WWE's uh, training ground for the, the future superstars. Yeah. And, and now they have you know NXT, uh, that, yep. that area there. Um, a lot of people say that wrestling's suffering because it doesn't have the, the territory system, but 
you know, you're a product of OVW and a lot of people are coming out of NXT now. Do you think that that's necessary to have the territory system or can places well, still exist? B- b- believe it or not, the territory system is still in existence. And if you don't, if you don't believe that, then look at everybody that's being signed by NXT by WWE, rather, to bring to NXT. Uh, look at the people that have been signed from the ROH or the Joe from TNA and maybe the uh, uh, Cowboy. Uh, look, look at the Apollo. Uh, you know, uh, look at look at uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, you know, look at all these guys that are coming from different uh, indie or other promotions, which, um, you know, that pretty much says that there's a territory... Uh, it's system in place, uh, but it's not as uh, it's not in the glory days per se of the territory system because they're not all known like uh, on a bigger stage like it was back when it was the USWA and the AWA in the world class and and so forth. Uh, so yeah, so it's a territory system, uh, and, and it's called the Indies, and everybody knows about that. And um, I, and 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 the, um, the the big guys, not just WWE but TNA as well, mm-hmm. and not just TNA but RH as well. They pick from those those systems, from those different indie groups. You know, those guys they see, they monitor, and 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 you know the young guys get a chance from that. So, not everybody is just uh, not everybody, not many of them actually are being born and bred in NXT. They're being repackaged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and retrained the WWE way in the NXT. All right. Now, uh, we we mentioned this a little bit, but Elijah Burke is not a, a one-trick pony by any means. Uh, you've done some acting in recent years, quite a bit of acting in recent years. Um, so what do you look for whenever you choose an, an acting role? Oh, good. Brief. I thought you were about to talk about that Django Unchained fiasco. No, uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, well, no worry. I would have talked about that myself. Okay, but, um, well, that's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I'm sure everybody knows about that. They can always go Google and figure out Pope's thought on that. Um, but I, I, I look for opportunities. I look for great opportunities uh, where Elijah Burke can get on the screen uh, be, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just go in and, and, and be in the background, but if a position comes up, like I, with Tyler Perry, I uh, had the opportunity to be on his show, um, the have, I have nots, you know, I, I generally want speaking roles. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though, uh, on that, that sitcom, you know, he's, they say, Hey, look, we we want you to, we're going to feature you, uh, you know, cause we, we want the old girl to hit on you or whatnot. But they, you know, unfortunately, we have to remove the speaking role because we just want them to gawk over you. But you're going to be seen multiple times, and that's the whole point. The whole point is to to uh, be seen, to uh, almost cross promote and let other people see you and and kind of sell yourself and and hopefully get another opportunity. You know, I had a uh, good part on um, uh, USA's. Um, Necessary roughness, mm-hmm. you know, where I, where I played the bodyguard role as well. Uh, I, I went into the Batman Dark Knight when I did that, and we had a good deal side up, and they actually, uh, you know, stayed stayed with me, stayed on me. Like, hey, we really want you to come to this. We really want you to come. We want you to be a part of it. And they had me on the front line. They positioned me well. They knew who I was. And then they put me um, 
like the front line of the fight scene because they, they, they loved my look and they wanted me to be a part of it. And then the Durham Bastards didn't even use none of the footage. <laughs> that shows me. Uh, <laughs> so I was pretty hot about that. Yeah. Uh, J- Django was a great opportunity, Django Unchained. I have not seen that movie to this date. I won't go into detail, but uh, I had to return to work. And that's just the bottom line. Uh, T- TNA uh, was, was um, my bread and butter. They needed me back. I had to leave the set. I left the set to return to work. And because that was a day that uh, I was featured, uh, needed to be featured uh, facially uh, all through, uh, then um, they, had, they had to use my, my replacement. And so I uh, lost that. And some people went, well, what about the stuff that you already shot with them? Because I was on set for almost, two, three months mm-hmm. uh, with Django Unchained, you know, uh, sitting beside Quentin Tarantino, smacked the guy on his big butt. We were, you know, we had so much fun. Um, and, 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 you know, with Sammy Jackson and speaking with Kerry uh, Washington, uh, it was, it was, it was a humbling experience. It was very cool. I never thought I would be on a Quentin Tarantino set, let alone be in his, uh, his movie. Uh, and yet in the end, uh, I didn't end up being in the movie, so I, I never saw the movie because I, uh, it was a great opportunity, and I, I, I always questioned myself uh, to a certain extent, but not, not fully because again, um, I, if a, if, if a company's being loyal to you, then it's your responsibility to be loyal to them, and and um, again, TNA was being very loyal to me during that time, so I felt. No, I felt it not robbery to um, say, okay, I'll be back, and hopefully I'll take the chance to see what happens. But as soon as I got to Orlando, Florida for uh, Impact, as soon as I got there, the next day, yeah, I'm sorry, we are going to, we are filming today, and you know, we have to use your, you know, your replacement. We're so sorry. Well, it does, like you said, it does speak to your character though as a person that you were loyal to the company when. You know, who knows what could have happened, but uh, I think that that's, that's something that's uh, obviously really important in this world. I don't know that right. a lot of people uh, have that, that same uh, value and, and character as you do. So, uh, you know, I think, it, I think there's still a lot of big things for, for Elijah Burke in the future, which is, which is going to be exciting to watch. But um, awesome. today, we, we actually, uh, I know you're a busy man. We only got a few more questions for you. Today, we're talking Survivor Series on uh, on the show do you have any personal favorite survivor series moments or thoughts about the pay-per-view that you can talk to us about well um when you talk about survivor series man oh man what you i mean you gotta go you gotta go all the way back to to uh the the 80s man you gotta go you gotta go back to those five-man teams which is something that that um is very much missed it's very much missed. I, I, I got to say that because Survivor Series uh, was was innovative. Uh, it was something different, something unique. And in the in the later years, you know, it 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 ended up becoming somewhat of just another pay per view. When you have when you have something that stood out as as great and as well as Survivor Series did, uh, just on the five man or, or four man team concept. It itself, you know, when you had the um, the 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 whole Hogan and uh, uh, Paul Arndolf against the uh, Andre the Giants team, and 
And um, it goes on to Macho Man and, and, and Hogan being co-captains against, uh, I think they were the Dream Team, Akeem and Big Boss Man. Those matches were very uh, unique. And that probably, the, the the latter one that I just mentioned, that was probably one of my favorite uh, ones when you had the uh, co-captains with the Hogan and Macho Man and, and their team. I can't remember who all that was with them. I think it was Hogan Macho, Coco Beware, Hillbilly Jim, somebody else against Big Boss Man. And, and oh, no, my actual favorite, listen. See, you know, I brought out the fan in me now. That's good. That's good. <laughs> my daddy was a fan in me. My actual favorite Survivor Series would have had to have been the one with the uh, Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. Road Warriors, and Texas Tornado. Oh, do, yeah. Do you remember that? I think they were, the T was the modern day Warriors, I think. Their team. Is that what it was? I think that's, or or maybe it was just the Warriors. I don't know, but it was something with Warriors. So, yeah, yeah, it was something like that. But it was it was uh, those guys versus um, uh, Mr. Perfect's team, the Perfect team, and then you had uh, the American Dream with the Heart Foundation and Coco Beware. Now that probably was my favorite Survivor Series uh, ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, the Perfect team with, with Mr. Perfect and Demolition. Oh man. And and um those days, man. I I don't know. Will we have those days again? Are, are those days redoable? Truth be told, no. I mean, I, I, if that's the if that's the reason that they strayed away from that concept in recent years, then I, I guess I understand it. Uh, but we would never. The the likes of having having teams like that with. I mean, just I don't I don't, I don't need to quote anymore. Just think yeah. about that. You know, the Royal Warriors with Kerry Von Eric and the Ultimate Warrior? Well, I mean, never. You know, and, and what about the time when we had Hogan with, with Demolition and Jake the Snake? That's another. I would love to see those two teams face off. I think a lot of times in those, in those uh, dynamic setups uh, of the teams, something that's always missing is, is, is you know, favorites versus favorites. Because uh, we always wonder. Yeah, we always wonder that, like, who's going to be what, and, and you know, sometimes, yeah, we know we got to have the good guy versus his his bad guy. That's the general concept. That's the way it is. I understand that, but sometimes I would like to see a maybe maybe do Survivor Series in a tournament bracket style, where you know this team lose, that team lose, and then the other teams go on to face uh, the remaining team or or four teams go on to face to get the two teams, I don't know, or, or, or maybe just just do it all in one night, but it would be kind of cool to have the ultimate survivors as a team that that'll put baby face teams against baby face teams. Okay, but I'm done on that right now. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you just mentioned good guys, bad guys. Elijah Burke, whether people want to uh, acknowledge it or not, you are a good guy. You are doing some amazing work through your charity. Um, it's TLC. I want you, can you just talk to us about your charity? The Love Alive Charity, I appreciate that very much. Uh, the Love Alive Charity Incorporated, which is also known as uh, TLC, we refer to. Uh, a lot of people can find out about that uh, from the com. Our official Love Alive Charity org is still under construction. But we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and our uh, mission is to... Uh, basically seek to help improve the lives of the unfortunate, uh, uh, those that are 
in a lesser uh, situation per se than others, you know, disadvantaged communities and low-income and impoverished uh, families and neighborhoods. Uh, basically, what I've done for the past three years, not just myself, I have to credit each individual that has donated over the course of the years. Uh, I always have something I understand people do what they have to do, but when it comes to organizations, I've seen many nonprofit organizations. I've seen many charities feed uh, feed the homeless, feed the sheltered, uh, displaced families. I've, I've, I've witnessed it because I was an officer. Uh, I, I've seen, and sometimes the food, I, I would go, and maybe you, if you ever seen something like this on TV or maybe on the Orange is the New Black, pretty cool show. But have you seen the food that, that are, is served to these these people, these folk? I understand you got to eat what you got to eat. You can't be choosy. I get that. You know why? Because I was a kid. And you know what else? There was times that I was hungry, too. And I had to eat what was put before me. But being that I'm in a position to somehow, some way try to make a difference, sometimes I've seen food that are given to these people that are worse than jail food. I've been in the shelters. I've been in the homeless shelter. I have seen the food. I've been to the women's shelters. I have seen what they are serving their, these, these, these battered women and their kids. And sometimes it's, it's, it's nothing left to be desired or nothing desirable. And so I, I decided that if I ever had the chance to make a difference, I would. And and thanks to to the little platform that the Lord has given me, I decided to do just that. And I, along with those who have supported me, we don't feed people out of a, the back of a soup truck. We don't feed them cold cuts and sandwiches, that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I go to the heart, downtown Jacksonville, Florida. We... We round up and get the word out to all the homeless, ours, well, myself, I, and my foot team, which is a helper. I drive all over the, to all of the shelters. I drive to all of the areas that I know the homeless are outside sleeping, gathered together, congregated around a, a barrel fire, and I let them know, and I give them a flyer tomorrow or in a couple of days, you know, make your way downtown, because usually all of it's downtown areas are walking distance, and these, you know, uh, these folks, even if it's far away, uh, they're starving. And, and, and to know that they're, they're like, hey, I'm going to be there because this is something different. And what's so different about it? I'm feeding them out of Burger King. Well, you can comment there. No, I... <laughs> I, yes, I'm feeding them out of Burger King. I get with Burger King. We, uh, they allow me to use their property. Hundreds of homeless people are lined up around Burger King. And we, not, you know, not, not if anybody decides to come out there and hop in line for a free Whopper or a free chicken sandwich and stand an hour or so with, with, with some people that aren't hygienic, you know, uh, hygiene that <laughs> isn't up to par and, 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 you know, that got their house on their back, then so be it. But that haven't been the case. Everybody that stood down in line for over an hour 
two hours. People line up at 11 o'clock. I don't start the event till 1 o'clock. Homeless people pushing their buggies, riding their bicycles, coming out to shelters, and they will stand in line for a hot burger, a hot chicken sandwich, a hot rib sandwich. Uh, we, we provide... We provide clothing. We provide, if we have clothes, we, you know, don't, donated clothes, shoes. We provide hygiene package for the females that are living on the street. Uh, for, uh, you know, beer supplies, soap, toothbrush, toothpaste. We supply it all. And, and most importantly, we show them something that they may have not uh, received uh, in quite some time. And that's just a helping hand and some true love. Well, and what's, what's important is right now it's almost that holiday time, and a lot of people, they think for some reason that that's the only time of the year that these people need help is the holidays. But what you're doing is you're doing this throughout the year when they need the help the most because... Right, right. And right, right now we focus annually on the new year. So we focus annually uh, in, Janu- in January. That's, that's the annual focus. Uh, I... Because it's, it's hard to get people to part with, with, with their dollar, okay? I mean, let's face it. Hard-earned dollar, uh, you know, that some folk would, would rather, again, spend three full dollars on a, on a happy meal or a value meal for themselves than, rather than donate a dollar mm-hmm. uh, to give to a homeless person. I get that uh, because the mindset is, well, you know, they could have did this with their life. You know, we always find fault. They, a lot of folks find fault in, in the individuals who are placed in these situations. But let me tell you something. I've had individuals on social media that could have donated a dollar to the Love of Life charity, and I have seen them a year later or two years later put up a GoFundMe. Yep. Because because my likes are, are we're about to be kicked out of the house. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, okay, look, the love of our charity can't save your house. I don't, we don't even have the funds to do that. But you know what? The love of our charity could have wrote a check to that person if they had just sold a seed into the love of our charity. Yep. You see, and so, and so that's, that's the thing. Let's not pour water on a drowning man. You know, that's, I mean, it's not the size of the donation. It's just the fault of the donor. Just, just a thought, because a drowning man is not going to complain or whine about the size of the, of the life reserver that you taught him. Okay? Absolutely. Now, um, I want you, can you let us know again where people can donate for that, and then also uh, where people can keep up with you on social media these days? Thank you very much. Uh, for the Love Alive charity, you can go to theelijahexpress.com, um, and, and the Love Alive charity is the focus of my my website, so that'll be the first thing you see. That's how you donate, uh, and, and pretty soon we'll have the lovealive.org up and running as well. And I hope that some that are listening will say, okay, I, I'll, I'll donate at, at least a dollar. Hell, if you donate 50 cents, I'm still grateful, and I'm sure it'll, it'll contribute towards a burger and a hot meal for some um, disadvantaged individual. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at DaBlackPope, D-A, Black Pope, uh, and also on Facebook at Elijah Burke. Uh, that's Facebook.com slash Elijah Burke. Facebook.com slash Elijah Burke. Well, we, we barely... Speak. And of course, of course, I don't have to tell you this, but every Wednesday at 9 p.m. on Death Station America, you can catch your boy Pope uh, uh, jicking and jiving and, and spitting and rhyming, if you will, with Josh Matthews on Impact Wrestling. 
Well, uh, we scratched the surface, as we say in, in the podcast world, about with, with the Pope, highly entertaining, the king of charisma. I'll say it again. Um, we want to thank you so much for coming on. A great episode, a great person. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, for everybody that's listening, go out, give what you can, uh, theelijahexpress.com. I appreciate that very much, my friend. All right, and if you're listening to our show, check out all of our friends on these other great shows. That's right, Steve. We have our friends over at PWPNation.com. That's right. Be sure to check out exclusive articles, wrestling news, and other wrestling podcasts such as AWP. Also, be sure and stop on over to Main Event Marks on Facebook.com slash Main Event Marks. You can check them out every Thursday at 9 p.m. hosted by Angry Cooter, where, you know, fans talk wrestling live on a webcam. So be sure you check them out every Thursday at 9 p.m. And if you still have a hankering, yes, a hankering, for more wrestling and just general debauchery, I suggest going over to The Joe Cronin Show. You can check him out on YouTube.com slash Joe Cronin Show. Well, that's the show. We want to thank each and every one of you for listening today. Every week we do this show free of charge for you, the fans. If you're wondering, how can I repay these guys? Well, we have just one thing. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to rate us and give us a good review. Huh? So that's that's more than one thing, but uh, if you're looking for more information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. We are all over social media, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Gosh, we've got a lot going on, but if you are an AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going over to prowrestlingtees.com and buying one of our official AWP shirts. We couldn't do the show without each and every one of you, so tune in next week for... (sighs) Another Wrestling Podcast. Podcast.